All right, and here we are. Okay, the podcast is on as well. This is a, I want to make sure I remember this in the future so I don't forget. So, we've been reading in the book of Revelations, and we've been reading in the book of Revelations chapter 2. We read chapter 1, we read in verse, uh, in chapter 10, that John had the word of God, God gave it to him. And for those of you that are just follow, get, catching on into the podcast, uh, we are looking at the book of Revelations and we're looking at what Jesus said. He said that they've lost their first love. The people lost their first love. This is what he is crying to us now. Don't lose your first love. We are the bride. We are the bride to the bridegroom. But look at a, a physical marriage in this world. If you lose the love that you have for your husband or for your wife, what is left? You have a decision to make to love that spouse. And we have a decision to make to love Jesus Christ. You see, the love can go in the midst of all of the daily activities and the things that we encounter and all the problems. Excuse me. And all the problems. When we don't look to the Lord, instead of looking to, when we look to the Lord, instead of looking to, uh, how am I going to figure this out? How will I do this? How will I figure it out? We've all done it. I've done it. So when we look at these things and we get it wrong and we begin to slowly lose our first love, he's never going to leave us as long as we don't leave him. But if we don't hold on to him and sit at his feet, sit at his feet, we will fall. You see, the Bible teaches us in his word. We need to be under leadership, godly leadership. We need to live according to the word of God. The Bible shows us, and it's in lots of books, lots of his scripture, so many different places. But the Bible shows us that if we decide we're going to do things on our own, we begin to live a life by ourselves. That is the beginning of rebellion unto God. You ask me why? How? You say, according to the word of God, we must rely on him for everything. We must live according to his word. And his word tells us that we are to cry out to him. And one of the things that he says for us to do is to assemble together with the believers. There is a reason that if we forsake it, that we fall quickly. When we forsake the assembling of the people of God, there's no authority. There's no encouragement. We're not among the, amongst the people who love the Lord God. They're there to encourage us. We're there to encourage them. But more importantly, when we begin to live a life where we do things on our own and I'm going to do it my way, we very quickly decline away from the Lord. It happens every time. It happens every single time. Maybe you've said, oh, no, that's not going to be me. It happens every time. In the book of Judges, the people of God fell every time they did not have a godly leader. Every time. Now, why? Jesus is the head of the church. He loves you and I, and he's holding us together. And as soon as we begin saying that we're going to do things on our own, then we're missing what God has to say. We're not doing things according to what Jesus said. We're doing things according to what we think. And the Bible shows us throughout the word that our opinion doesn't matter in the things of God. If we want to live the Christian life, we've got to lay our opinion aside. When we begin talking about what I believe and what I think, other than I believe the word of God and what God has to say, then we miss the mark. I heard a preacher say this, and I believe it 100%. He said when he preaches, he says, the Bible says, dot, 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 dot. The Bible says, dot, 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 because he's taking out the way, he's taking out an opportunity for his own opinion to be put into there. 
He's taking out an opportunity for people to say, well, that person, that pastor says this. No, he's giving you straight from the word of God because it doesn't matter what he says or he thinks if it doesn't line up with the word of God. It's the same with my own life. I was talking to a student the other day and she's been going to church and she hasn't given her life over to Jesus yet. And I say yet because she will. But she's been going to church and she's seeing a change in her own self and she can see the difference, but there are certain things that she just said she doesn't, doesn't agree with yet. And the Lord will change her heart. I know it. And I'm pretty sure she knows it. But the Bible is what matters. I never talk to her about my opinion. I don't tell her and teach her about my opinion because my opinion could be wrong. My opinion has been wrong. But when I go to the word and I see what God says, I read his word and I learn what the mind of God is, what his heart is, that's when I begin to live the life according to the word of God, the Christian life. You see, you cannot have Jesus as your first love if you don't read his word. Why do you think he wrote it for us? If you don't spend time in his word, you cannot have Jesus as the first love of your life. I know people have said it, but you cannot. The Bible says so. If you want to live the life of the Christian, if you want an eternity in salvation with the Lord, if you want him here with you right now, we don't have to wait until we die. He can be here. He's here. He wants to be with us right now and live inside of us and give us a victorious life. If we want to live that life, if we say this is what we want, we've got to live according to the word of God. We've got to get to know Jesus. And in order to get to know Jesus, you've got to get to know his word because he is his word. He is his word. So I encourage you, I implore you, I beg of you to read the word of God daily. To not forsake the assembling every opportunity you have to get together with the people of God, do it. Why? It's not because it's about going to church. It's not about going to church. It's about going according and believing and living according to the word of God. The word of God says that those that have forsaken the assembly, they're sick and they're dying. That's what the Bible says. Paul said it in his word. Those were, they were sick and they were dying, those that were forsaken the assembly. He said that. There's strength in assembling with the people of God. There's strength in that. Not to mention the fact that it's a commandment to us. So if we obey the Lord of God, we love him. He said it, if you love me, then obey my commands. Obey my commands. That's what he said. That's what Jesus said. So we're going to live. You and I are going to live according to the word of God. We're going to make Jesus our first love again. We're going to read his word. We're going to choose to love him. We're even going to pray and ask him to make himself our first love. Because saints, you can't do it on your own. You don't have the power to do it on your own. This is why you've got to read the word and the word will show you and teach you that David, as he wrote the Psalms, you hear him crying out to the Lord. There's one Psalm where he says, I can't even look for you. I need you to come find me. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt so lost where you said, Lord, I don't even know what to do? Well, that's what David prayed. And he said, I am so far off that I need you to come look for me. I can't even look for you. See, the Holy Spirit will give you that desire in your heart. That's what he'll do because he loves us so much. The Bible says that Jesus is always praying for us. He's our interceder. Jesus praying for us? When I learned that, it blew me away. Because I had no idea that Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, was praying for me. He's praying for you. And why? Because he knows living this life, living the Christian life, takes an act of sacrifice. It is a sacrifice that he, 
made for us. He laid his life down and he asks us to follow after him. And that's the very first thing that you'll follow. If you follow after Jesus Christ, you will lay your life down. He says that we lost our first love. That's what he said to the church in Ephesus. They lost their first love. You lost your first love. You did this and you did that right and you did this right and you did that right, but you lost your first love. It's like saying today, I, I don't even need to explain it anymore. I think you know what I'm saying. God is opening your eyes right now and he's showing you where you lost your first love. And now, friends, it's time to turn around because there's hope. There is hope. Now I'm going to read on. Then he goes to the next church, the church of Smyrna. In verse 8, it says, and, the, and unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tired, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, say, spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh, and shall not be hurt of the second death. Excuse me, I'll read that again, verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. You see, Jesus Christ is always encouraging us. And I'm going to read the next one. I'm going to read the next one, and then we're going to go back. And the angel of the church in Pergamos, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works. And where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. What? Wait a minute. I'm going to read on. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwellest, dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee. Now, think about this, friends. Think about this, you saints. They did all these wonderful and glorious things for God. They had Antipas, the martyr among them. All of these things, he says, but I have a few things against thee. Now, I want to tell you something. The Lord God will never leave you out there to just try to figure it out on your own. He will never, ever do that to you. In fact, he will always even warn you so that before something that he can see happening happens because he sees it all so that before that you will not miss the mark he will give you wisdom if you will listen to what he has to say now we're going to stop right here and we're going to go on to part two but friends i hope and pray that you will come along and listen along with us. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to close in prayer. And for those of you who are listening onto the podcast, it's going to keep on going. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lift up your hands to receive the word of the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one here that's listened according to your word. Lord God, may it change them. May it renew their hearts and their minds, Lord. May they walk according to their, your word, Lord God. Give them a desire to worship you and to sit at your feet and to be what you said, the bride, that you may be their first love. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory and honor. And God's people said, Amen. So saints, tune in to this afternoon's message. Uh, we'll be talking, we'll continue on, and God bless you. The next message is going to be at 3 o'clock this time. So normally it's at 4.30, but 3 o'clock. So uh, look for part two. God bless you. I love you. Until then.
Well, friends, welcome back. We are on part two of the message about Jesus, our first love. So we were reading in the book of Revelations. If you didn't follow, if you weren't watching, if you didn't follow along, if you weren't listening into the podcast earlier or you weren't uh, watching, you didn't see part one, we were talking about what Jesus said to the churches. He sent seven angels to the seven churches in Asia. And we're in the book of Revelations, chapter two. And we were reading in verse 12 and verse 13 and 14. And we had just read where he says in verse 14, but I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. All right, now I'm gonna stop for a second. I wanna bring you up to speed. Maybe you didn't, you weren't listening to part one. Jesus has called us to be the bride his bride. And what that means is that we love him. We've made him everything in our life. We are not looking at our works and how important it is to be part of the church. Um, and let me pre-qualify that by saying to you, or let me explain to you by saying, the Lord God has called us to live according to his word. And his word says, do not forsake the assembling. So we do need to go to church. And that is what he's commanded us to do. And it encourages us. It builds us up. It strengthens us. You need to go. You need to hear the word of God from a leader. The Bible shows us in the book of Judges that when the children of God didn't have a leader, of a leader that was a man or woman of God, then the children of God fell. It happens every time. There's no question about it. It happens every time. Read the book of Judges and you will see how every time it happened. We also talked earlier about how you need to be in a, a, a fellowship with the believers. When you begin living your life saying, I can do this on my own or I'm gonna do this by myself, or you beginning living your life like you're alone, you will fall every time. The word shows it. That's the beginning of rebellion against God because God is a God who put us together. We're a body. It goes against everything he says to put yourself away from the people of God. It goes against everything he says to separate yourself in the wrong way, to separate yourself from the holy people of God. It goes against the word of God. Now, there is the part where he says to separate yourself, but he's talking about consecrating yourself, making yourself holy, meaning you're separate from the ungodly. That's what he's saying. Be ye separate. So that's something different. I don't want you to get that mixed up and misunderstood. When you separate yourself and isolate yourself from the people of God, the holy people of God, you will fall away from the Lord. It is only, it is, it will happen every time. So in his word, he teaches us these principles. And he says, if you live, if you love me, then do what I say. Do my commands. Follow my commands. That's what he says. So this is where we are. The people of God in the churches were doing some of what he said. They hated some of what he hated. They were not fainting. They were working under the Lord. They were getting together. But then he said, I have this thing against you. He said it to the church of Ephesus. You've lost your first love. And that's the whole point of this whole message today. Friends, if you've lost your first love, there's hope. Let me tell you that here today. But the Lord's got to bring it to your attention first. You've got to see it and hear what he has to say. He said, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. That's what he said. So you've got to be able to receive what he's saying to you in order to change. But friends, there is hope you can change. You can turn around. In fact, he said in verse 7, chapter 2, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of thee, to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, 
but are the synagogue of Satan. So he's saying, I know what's going on. I see it. I see what's happening in your heart. I see what's happening in your life. But you've got to hear what I'm saying. He says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. So he's saying this to the church. Now he's telling us to hear what he had to say to each of these churches. Because this could happen to us. There's going to come a time when the enemy, if you haven't already experienced it, which I don't know why I'm saying that, you have. We all have. If you live according to the word of God, if you live according to the life that Jesus said you should live, the Christian life, you've experienced some form of persecution. You've experienced it. You're going to experience it. Jesus said that rejoice in it. Rejoice in it. Because if you're living according to Jesus Christ, you're going to have the enemy come against you. It's one of the signs. It, it, it just, it's just... It's just inevitable. Let me just say that. It's inevitable. So he's saying, I hear you. I see you. Now listen to what I have to say. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So you, me, We've got to be faithful unto death, but he will give us a crown of life. Isn't this what it's all about? Life, everlasting. You've got to learn to die to yourself so that those things that happen around you do not affect you. Don't be fearful of those things. Understand who Jesus Christ, the almighty Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Understand who he is. Understand that he is mighty and he will deliver you. But we've got to put our eyes towards him and we've got to remind ourselves and we've got to remember that he's our first love and we've got to live with him as our first love. The Bible says, don't be just a doer or a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Let me say that one more time. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. You say, I've read the Bible. I know what it says. That's wonderful. The demons know what the Bible says too, but they don't live according to the word. If you and I live according to the word, and we will live a victorious life in Jesus. You can't live a victorious life outside of Jesus Christ. And if you want to live in Jesus Christ, you've got to live according to his word. And it's so wonderful. It's so simple. It really is simple. Give it over to him. Every time you give it over to him, he will take it. Because he's asking for you to give it over to him. He's asking for us to give it to Jesus. Give it to him. That's what you hear. Give it to Jesus. See, all these other things where you think you've got to be victorious in your own self, okay? There's a difference between the victorious life in Jesus Christ and you being victorious. And I want you to hear the difference because the victorious life in Jesus Christ is what Jesus is talking about. You being victorious in and of yourself is worldly, okay? There are two different lives. There's the life in the world where you live according to the world and you are victorious. And even those that call themselves Christians can live according to the world and say, I am victorious because I'm going to conquer this and I'm going to conquer that. No, no, no. The Jesus in you is what you want to live for. The Jesus within you is going to conquer that. You become a conqueror, a more than a conqueror, when you lay your life down for Jesus Christ. Not when you stand around just because you, you know, recite some things that, that God's word says. Those things are wonderful to recite. Do not get me wrong. The Bible says to declare those things, but we've got to live the Christian life, which is the life where we surrender to him, to Jesus. We cannot live a life of surrender to Jesus if it's about me, 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 I, 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 we, we, we. No, it's got to be about the body of Christ, about Jesus Christ. He's the head. We're part of the body, but he's the head. He controls it all. And if we don't allow him to, then we don't. He's not the Lord of our lives. The Bible says that we make him 
that he's king of kinging, lord of lords. He is our Lord and Savior. Two different words. Savior means he saved you. You have salvation. The Lord of your life. Oh, that's important as well. The Lord of your life means that he, he is the one in charge of your life. You've said to him, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And I choose to do and obey what you say, Jesus. That's what the living, living the life of the Christian is. That's the Christian life in everything. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. No, I'm not going to give you an example. You know what I'm saying. I'm saying when you say to yourself, I want to do this, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. The word of God is what Jesus says. According to his word, this is what you're to do. That's the difference between living the Christian life and living the life that the world lives. You're no better than the world if you don't do what the word of God says. We're, and not When I say no better than, I don't mean it. That's not the right way to put it. I don't mean better than. I mean you're no different than. Okay? Your life isn't any different than the world's life if you don't live according to the word of God. There's no difference. And the difference is Jesus. But if you have the same life as your neighbor that is not saved, you need to look and say, what's going on within me, Lord Jesus? What am I missing, Lord Jesus? He's there for you every moment. The Bible says, and Obadiah, his mercies, I believe it's Obadiah, his mercies renew every morning. Every morning. All you've got to do is repent right now. That's all you've got to do. I lived a life where I believe in doing things right now. I used to think about other ways to do it, but I learned that this is the best way to do it. This is the biblical, scriptural way to do it. Do it now. Why? Because if you wait, you may not get the opportunity to do it again. And the most important thing I'm talking about is repentance. Remember David right? David, who sinned against God. He, he saw Bathsheba. He thought she was beautiful. He slept with Bathsheba. Bathsheba got pregnant. He knew it. Bathsheba knew it. He decided he was going to cover it up and have his Bathsheba's husband come back from the war. And he was going to have him, he encouraged him to go sleep with his wife. Uriah wouldn't do it because he was a good man. Not that sleeping with your wife is wrong, but men in those days when it was a time of war, they would abstain from sleeping from, with their wife to keep themselves focused. Uriah wouldn't do it. He was, he was dedicated to his king, David. Then David, in his wicked heart, when Uriah went back, he sent him with a letter, a note, saying, or I guess a letter saying, uh, uh, telling Uriah, give this to, you know, the captain. He gave it to the captain, and in the letter, it was his own death sentence. Sentence. David was an adulterer. David was a murderer. David was a liar, a deceiver. I'm not saying he didn't know what he was doing. We all know that you're making a choice. He made a choice. But he had gotten so far off. Clearly, he did. Because when the prophet came and said, this, there was a man. And the man was rich. And the man had all many, 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 many lambs. Many, many sheep. Many, many. And then there was a man who had just one. And he loved that lamb. And that lamb, he lived with him in his house. And he ate with that lamb. And he took care of that lamb. And that was his only lamb. And the rich man who had many, who didn't even know how many he had, came and took the man's lamb and killed him. And David was infuriated and said, how could he do this? Who is this man? And he said, that man is you. And immediately David cried out to God. See, he immediately repented. That's what he did. That's why God called him a man after his own heart. Listen, people sometimes miss the mark. Sometimes they didn't realize where they got caught up in things that they shouldn't have been caught up in. But there's, there's hope for you, friends. 
There was hope for David. I'm pretty sure most of you haven't murdered anyone. Now, some people have. Let's, let's just be clear here. The Bible says that there's forgiveness for everyone. There's forgiveness for the liar, the thief, the, 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 uh, the cheater, the adulterer, the murderer. There's, 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 there's uh, what I'm looking for. What the word is, uh, I can't think of the word right now. There's hope for all of us if we will only repent. So whatever it is that you've sinned in, whatever that is, it's not too big for God. He says it. He shows it throughout his whole word. This is why you've got to read the word of God because you'll know his heart and his mind. And if you know his heart and his mind, you know Jesus. Jesus is the word, friends. Jesus is the word. It took me many years to understand that. I really didn't even have a clue that that was the case. Truly, not even a clue. When I first became a Christian, I didn't even understand that that could be something. It wasn't even like I was wrestling with a thought. I really didn't even understand that that was the case. This was a historical document to me. And they told me I should read it. And I knew when I read it, I felt stronger. And I knew that they told me I was supposed to. And so I did, but it was historical to me. And when I read the Old Testament, I didn't see Jesus in the Old Testament. But this is the word of God. Jesus is the word. He is the word. He is is the word of God. I pray today that when you open up the word of God in the old and the new, reading both, reading the entire word of God, that you see Jesus. Now think about this. How about the saints who saw Jesus? How about the, the, the children of Israel, the people of God before Jesus came, before there were the books Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? How did they find Jesus? He's in the Old Testament. He's there. He's in every single book. And you've got to ask the Lord to show you. You've got to ask him to show you. Show you himself in the word. As he shows you himself, as you begin to get closer to him, as you desire him, see, he won't have these things against you like he said that he had against the church in the book of Revelations. He won't say, I have this against you and I have that against you. He will say, you are my believers. You are my church. You are my bride is what he will say. And that's what I want to hear him say. I want to hear him say that about me. I don't want to hear him say, but this I have against you, daughter. And there's hope. There's hope. All you've got to do here today is turn your heart to him. Turn your heart back to him. That's all you've got to do. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's that simple. Maybe you've been living for Jesus Christ and you've always loved him but you've kind of let some things get in the way you've kind of been compromising not kind of you've been compromising and you saw it and you see it and maybe now just today you're realizing it about yourself (sighs) maybe you're realizing according to what the word says here in Revelations 2. I'm going to read verses 12 on, and I want you to just hear this. And I want you to listen, excuse me. And I want you to hear where you might be in this. Verse 12 says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the two, hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Balaam, as we talked about earlier, was, uh, he was in the book of Numbers, or he's talked about in the book of Numbers, and he was, he heard from God. He heard from the Lord. 
but he chose to be to use witchcraft. And in the end, the Bible says that he was an occultist. The Bible says this. Who taught Balak, Balaam taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto gods, and to commit fornication. To commit fornication. This is what he was taught. This is what he taught them. Wickedness, wicked and evil things. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. I taught about this earlier, the Nicolaitans. Those were people that were that were those were people who followed after a man named Nicholas, and he taught them wicked sexual acts. Which thing I hate, it says. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly. Jesus said it right there. We've got to be we've got to live according to the word of God. He says, Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Now, what does that really mean? Maybe you don't understand. He's saying the word of God will condemn you. The word of God will condemn you. He says in his word, if you do not take up your cross and live your life according to his word, then you will not be part of his kingdom. You are not a servant. He says that if you will take up your cross, you are his servant. If you lay down your life, you will have an eternity with him. If you take up your life, if you keep your life, then you will die, meaning you will not live an eternity. You will be separated from the Lord for an eternity when you die, not to mention now. So he's saying that his word will, his word will condemn you. It's there. His word is solid. He doesn't want it to condemn you, but it will. It says, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. He keeps talking about the wonderful good works that the people are doing. But you see, Jesus is about the heart. He looks towards the heart of the people. It's not about the outward appearance. Remember David, who was anointed the king of Israel? And when Samuel said, well, is it him? Is it him? Is it him? And then at a certain point, couldn't be him. He said, see, this is the king of Israel. This is the king. I don't look at the outward appearance like man looks. I look at the inward things of the heart. That's what I look at. And this is what he's telling us. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel. All right, now we know if you've read scripture, Jezebel was Ahab's wife. Jezebel was wicked. It was a controlling spirit that Jezebel had. Jezebel controlled Ahab. Now we know Ahab, that's for a whole other story actually, a whole other sermon. Ahab allowed her to control him. So it wasn't only her, but she in herself had a controlling spirit. That was a spirit of witchcraft, okay? Which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Okay, now he's not talking about physical adultery. He's talking about coming, he's talking about intimacy with other gods, not with him. Your heart, you're giving it away to a false God. You're giving it away to another God, to another, to an idol. 
You see, he talked about idolatry in his word and how if you have idolatry in your life, it could be of food, it could be of money, it could be of your children, it could be of your husband, of your wife, any idols, you will not see the kingdom of God. This is what adultery is. This is what he's saying right here. She allowed other things into her heart and those who follow after her allowed things into their heart to come before the Lord. It says, behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. There's that again, though, except they repent of their deeds. He's giving us an opportunity. He's giving you a chance. And I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. There we are again, the hearts. He's not looking at the outward appearance. Do you look perfect? Many people put on a show, and maybe you've put on a show for many years. Maybe you didn't even realize you put on a show. Maybe you've been going to church all these years, but you have not been living a life according to the word of God. You've been living as, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the Holy Spirit. What is that word? Maybe you've been living as someone who is a, I can't think of the word. I'm not going to try to remember it, but. Someone who says one thing and they do something else. A hypocrite. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been living as a hypocrite. Maybe you're knowingly doing it, or maybe you didn't even realize you were doing it. You were living a life that didn't please the Lord. Maybe that's been you. Or maybe you have been purposely a hypocrite. Well, you think you're fooling someone. Because the rest of the world doesn't need, doesn't, they're not the ones who you should be fearing. You should fear God because God has the power to put you in hell. That's what the word says. He has the power to do that. The Bible says, don't fear the one who can shoot you or can kill you. He can kill you. The Bible doesn't say shoot you. But don't feel the one, fear the one who can kill you. Fear the one who can put you in hell for an eternity. The people around you might be able to destroy your name, might be able to say bad things about you. They could even kill you, but they cannot put you in hell for an eternity. God can fear him, fear him. He said, repent now. He says, I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works, your works according to your heart. You live according to your heart. Remember what Paul said in the book of James? You know, you talk about your works. He says, but I'll show you my faith by my works. He's saying, I live according to my faith. I live. I'm a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. Are you a doer of the word or are you only a hearer of the word, friends? Is that all you've been? Have you been just a hearer of the word? It's time to turn your heart around and turn it back to Jesus. Make him your first love again. Here he says in verse 24, but unto you, I say, and unto the rest of thought in Thyatira, Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the, unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And chapter 3 says... And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. That's what the Lord is saying to us here. To repent. It's time. And you have the opportunity today. David repented quickly. 
All throughout this word, Jesus is saying, repent, 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 repent. Friends, it's time for you to repent. I want to pray with you today now. If that's you, I'm going to stand. I want you to stand along with me. I'm going to move my chair here out of the way. And I'm going to move back so you can see me. I'm going to hold on to my cell phone so that the people listening on the podcast can hear. If this has been you and you're hearing your own heart in each of these things that I've been reading here today, it's time for you to repent. Maybe you've been living a life that has been away from God and you have heard about this, or maybe this is the first time you've heard about this. Or maybe you've said, I love Jesus, and you've been living your life saying, I live for Jesus, but you realize here today as you heard what Jesus had to say against the church, that you've been living a life that didn't please him. Well, friends, if that's you here today, it's time to change. There's hope. See, Jesus will never ever stop giving you an opportunity until you totally turn away from him. But you've got to push him away. And that's not what he wants. And let me rephrase that. The only way you'll lose it is if you push him away. That's the only way. He will constantly draw you. And I know you feel right now there's something in your heart. You feel like uh, you just feel like he's pulling you towards you, pulling you towards him. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth because Jesus loves you and he doesn't want to see you in an eternity in hell. He wants to see you even right now today, living a life of victory in him, that you may walk according to his word and have joy and have peace and no more have all those problems that you've experienced. And you say, what is it? Or the agony of why won't this change? And why can't I change? No, he wants you to have his strength. He wants all of your burdens. He said it all of your burdens because he said he'll take them all and his yoke is light his yoke is light he'll take them if you'll give them to him so let's give them to him here today and if this is the first time you've prayed this prayer oh friend you are going to be washed with the lord with his blood you're going to be washed over with the peace that surpasses all understanding the bible says that you cannot have this peace without jesus jesus is peace So let's go before the Lord. And maybe there's one more person. I just hear the Lord saying there's one more person. And you are that person. You are saved, but you haven't had peace. And you feel like, what is wrong with me? What's going on? And you've cried out to the Lord. Well, today, the Lord Jesus wants to wash you again. And you have an opportunity to rededicate your life to the Lord, to give your life back to him, afresh and anew, because that's what his word says. That's all you've got to do is to ask. Let's pray. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, I thank you. I thank you, and I thank you. Today I come before you, Jesus, and I ask you to come and to live in my heart, I repent for my sin against you, and I'm so sorry. I repent for all of the sin that I've committed against you. And I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are Jesus who you died on the cross and you gave your life for me, that you shed your blood for me seven times for me on the cross. You died on the cross for me. You shed your blood seven times for me so that I may live a life where I'm washed in the blood and I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness through you. I ask you to wash me and cleanse my heart with your blood. Cleanse my life with your blood, Jesus. I believe what you have to say. I received what you have to say. And I thank you. I give my heart to you. I choose to live my life for you today. 
I dedicate my life to you right now. I know I didn't live according to what you said, but now I choose you and I thank you that you've given me this chance again. Jesus, I love you. From today forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if that was you that prayed this, whether you rededicated your life or whether this was the first time, welcome to the family of God. I'm so excited that you were sharing this time with me here today. Every Sunday, we share our Monday or Sunday morning meeting. So you can listen to it on my podcast. You can listen or watch it on Facebook or on YouTube. You can go to Michelle Donatian Ministries on Facebook, on YouTube. There'll be a link there. You can also find other content on my Instagram page, on my, what's the other one, uh, Twitter. You can see it there. You can see different things there as well, on Periscope as well. So I just want you to be encouraged and know that the Lord Jesus loves you. And he will always walk with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. All you've got to do is ask him. Ask him to change your heart. And when you ask him that, he will change your heart. So I love you. Until the next time, I also want to tell you as well one other thing. My heart's desire is that you will read the word of God. Because the word of God will give you an intimacy with the Lord that you can only get with the word. He is the word. Remember, if you want to know Jesus, you've got to know his word because he is the word of God. So you can also, if maybe this is the first time you've heard this or you just decided you want to do this now, you can also go to my podcast, the same place you're listening here today, Every day, 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I upload a podcast and we're reading in the book of Numbers right now. So you can go on there. You can look back at every single book we read in the book of Luke. We read the book of Genesis. We read the book of Exodus and Leviticus. And now we're in the book of Luke, or excuse me, in the book of Numbers. So get yourself in the word of God. That is the way that God can change your life. And that's the way you live for him. I love you, friends. God bless you. Thank you for joining me. Until the next time. Thank you, too.